Good morning, Homestead Church. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend. Um, if you are just tuning in online, we're glad that you uh, found us today. We are Homestead Church in Farmington, um, and thanks for being with us. I, um, it's been quite a week. <laughs> it's been quite a week. There are weeks, I was thinking about this, there are weeks where it's draining just because you had a ton of stuff. The list of to-dos was uh, never to done. It was just a constant like stress. And then there are weeks like this past week where just general life is just draining with everything that's going on. With everything that's been going on in our city and state over the last couple of weeks. And then with COVID-19 over the last several months, you can just sense a weariness, a heaviness of heart. People, it's, it's just, it's not easy. If you're feeling down, discouraged, weary today, I'm with you. It's been a tough week. So I just encourage you to uh, recognize that. This is, this is why I'm glad our God tells us to rest and that he's got it and that we can rest in him. It's also um, a good idea just to kind of step back a little bit, maybe get off of the social media machine, take a few deep breaths, um, and allow yourself to recuperate a little bit. Um, speaking of this week, though, it really was the kind of the catalyst for what I want to talk about today. A couple of events happened, both connected with um, my alma mater, North Central University. It's also where uh, we have one and soon to be two kids attending there, uh, North Central University in downtown Minneapolis. It's also where my wife, Christy, Pastor Christy, works um, during the week for the president of the university, Scott Hagen. So as a result of everything that's gone on in Minneapolis, um, with the tragic death of George Floyd and then the protests and the riots and National Guard, it's just been, there's been a lot going on. Um, North Central uh, hosted a Zoom call just for Christian leaders um, with about six or eight uh, Christian leaders from the school and around the country just talking about race relations not only in the country, but in the church, and how we as the church can kind of have a discussion that promotes healing, that leads, um, as the president of the university said, we want this to be a table of healing, um, that leads to healing and understanding. So earlier this week, they held a Zoom call, a Zoom meeting that I logged on to and I listened to. It was fantastic. It was so well done. It was inspiring. It was convicting. Um, if you are looking for something, I know we're no, we have no shortage of voices shouting at us, but this one is different. This is a conversation that I highly recommend, and there will be a link. We'll uh, post it. We'll put it up at the end of the service this morning or just get you a link somewhere that you could tune into that. I highly recommend it. The other thing that happened this week was the family of George Floyd reached out to North Central because they are in the neighborhood and asked if they would be willing to host the funeral service on Thursday. And, uh, and so they did. And I was super proud of North Central. I was super proud of the school. I was abundantly proud of my wife who got thrown into a situation where she was navigating about a million different things regarding the governor and civil rights leaders and Reverend Al Sharpton and his lawyers and all, celebrities and all these <laughs> protesters outside, plus COVID and hotels being shut down. It was quite, a, quite an ordeal. But I was proud of our school and proud of the university there for hosting this. Um, I went to the service just to try. I was there all day just to try to help wherever I could. Um, I was proud. I thoroughly enjoyed my day helping there. 
I found the service itself to be moving and inspiring and insightful, educational. Um, and so as a result of those two experiences this week, as I was preparing for this message, I had been thinking a lot about, as everybody has, this has kind of been on the front of everybody's mind, I've just been processing through everything going on, and I had this phrase kind of just drop into my heart. It's this, diversity is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's what makes this world beautiful. And I want to talk about this today, this idea of diversity in a very broad sense. So we have, um, the, the national discussion is talking about diversity in regards to, uh, in regards to people, races, backgrounds, um, and that's one aspect of it. I want to talk about diversity regarding that, but also as a whole. Diversity in the broad sense. It's what makes our world beautiful. I want to talk about this looking at our planet. Look at the planet, the number of animals and species and plants, the number of different landscapes, nations, cultures, languages, Sights and smells and tastes and colors. Just think about our world in all those areas. It is diverse, and that diversity is what makes it beautiful. The variety of things makes it beautiful. It is wonderful. If you, look, if you wonder how God views diversity, you don't need to do anything other than look around. He created it, and he didn't just use the Crayola box of six different colors. He didn't just say, oh... I created Canada, and that's perfect. Why create anything else? And I would say amen to that. But he created all sorts of different landscapes, all sorts of different colors and species, species of animals that we haven't even discovered yet. There are, it's amazingly, abundantly beautiful and diverse. If you want to know God's heart for diversity, look around. And so what I've perceived, and why I'm talking about this today, what I've perceived this week, and I've sensed it in my heart, is there is a fatigue about talking about diversity the way we've been talking about it. Everyone's just, it just feels like it's just weary and we start thinking, is it ever going to get better? It's like we are two kids in the backseat of a car and mom and dad keep turning around and say, you kids better get along. We're going to pull this car over. And it's just, we, we treat it like it's work. And that's what I've sensed in my life, in interactions with different people, and what I've sensed in the culture at, at large. But I want to talk about it in the broader sense today. Diversity in all things is beautiful. So I want to start with Revelation. The book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9. This, the book of Revelation, if you're new to the Bible, is a vision that um, the Apostle John received at the end of his life. One of the disciples, most of the disciples uh, ended up being martyred and gave their life for the cause. Um, but John lived to an old age, and he was exiled on an island, and God gave him this vision of heaven. And Revelation is really a lot about this vision that John had about what heaven is going to be like and what, the, what is yet to come. So I wanted to read Revelation chapter 7, starting in verse 9, this vision of heaven, just setting up this idea of diversity. And this is what it says in Revelation 7, verse 9. After, I, after this I looked, and now John is talking about the vision of heaven. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, people, 
and language standing before the throne and before the lamb they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb great multitude of people people from every nation tribe language diverse all united in praise to our god this is a picture of heaven so not only is diversity when we look around our world beautiful, but what we see is that is a picture of heaven. Diversity is godly. It is how God created things. It is how God will restore things in heaven. Maybe you grew up in a, in a Sunday school world or just in our world at large. People have various views of heaven. You know, clouds and uh, angels with harps playing and we just kind of float around on clouds or paradise or streets of gold or pearly gates or all these things. You know, who, are, are our pets going to be there? And I think the official stance is that there will be dogs but no cats. I think that's what I read um, in scripture. But let's start with this. Whatever your views of what heaven's going to look like or sound like or feel like, what we know is this. Heaven is going to be where God makes everything right. I want to read a couple other passages of scripture. Revelation 21 verse 1 says this. Again, this is the vision that the Apostle John had of heaven. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, one people. And God himself will be with them and they will be there and he will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So when we think about heaven, it is all the things that are broken have passed away, and God has reconciled it, made it new, made it right. All the ways he originally designed creation to be God is bringing those about in heaven. That's what heaven's all about. And the second scripture verse is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. This is talking about what happens to us when we are united to God through Jesus Christ, the work that he does. It says this in verse 9. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. And here's what I want to point out. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Heaven is going to be where God makes all things new and reconciles it to how he originally designed it. God created the world without sin and then sin messed it all up. And heaven is going to be where God makes it right again. No more sin, no more pain, no more sickness, disease. All things made right, reconciled to how God originally designed it. So then if we are followers of Jesus, what do we do in the meantime? We're here on earth. We're waiting for heaven. What do we do in the meantime? Too often, we approach it with just kind of a passive, like we're just waiting for the train to come pick us up. Well, I punched my ticket. I know I'm going to heaven one day, so now I'm just going to kind of sit around and wait. Well, that stops drastically short of what God intends for salvation to mean. Because salvation for you and me means we are now reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. 
And now also we participate in the process of the kingdom of God coming to earth. The things that are broken being reconciled to God. So we are agents to bring about healing. To tell other people about forgiveness for sin. To fight against injustice and equality. This is what we participate in now. We'll never get it perfect. The perfection comes when we get to heaven. But now we work towards that. So since we are headed there in heaven where all things will be united, diverse, beautiful, why not participate in that right now? Why not participate in that? But this message is way more than about what any of us are doing wrong. We've had enough of those messages this week and I think there's a weariness that comes of it. Yeah, we have to step up and we have to work towards this. People with my skin color, we got to step up, raise our voices, help our brothers and sisters in this fight for equality. We got to work towards that. We're going to get there in heaven. Let's start working towards it right now. But this message is more than that because diversity is so much bigger than what's going on in our world right now. Diversity is so much more wonderful than that. It's more than that. It's not just we should do this and fight for equality because God wants it and in heaven we're going to get it someday, even though that should be enough. But diversity is beneficial. Diversity is beneficial to me and to you. A diverse world for you is to your benefit. So expand your horizons. Expand your thinking. Expand the voices that you listen to. Expand the circles of people that you do life with. Life is better and more beautiful when it's diverse. And you become more enjoyable to be around when you've expanded your world in diversity. I remember times as a fam with our family when we take the family out to a buffet of some sort. I love, this is, this is Kerr family genetics. We Kerrs love a good buffet. Now there's a, good dif there's a big difference between a good buffet and a bad buffet. A bad buffet has certain seafood dishes that just kind of permeate the whole restaurant and everything smells like Great Lakes shoreline. Um, but a good buffet, a good buffet is awesome. I love it. So we take our kids there. And I remember one time there was this buffet and there was stuff. The food was, I was looking around like the food is awesome. All these different sights and smells and tastes. I was like, I want to try everything. Are you like me that you try everything? There's prime rib and this like Cajun pasta dish, and eggs Florentine, tastes from all over the world. So I'm sampling all these things. I'm like, I'm going to need another plate. I get back to the table and then a couple of my kids come back to the table. And what's on their plate? Chicken fingers and french fries. Chicken fingers and fries. And I look at them I'm like, what is that? What are you doing? And they look at me like, what? This is what I like. This is what I like. This is what I know. This is what I like. I like chicken fingers. Why would I want to try everything else? My mentality is, you've missed out on all this stuff. Their mentality is, I know I like this. I know I'm not going to be disappointed. And I know I'm not going to taste anything that doesn't agree with me. So I'm going to stick to what I know. I'm going to stick to what's predictable. Well, some of you watching this right now, your life is chicken fingers and fries. Right? Your life is... You're sticking to what you know, what is safe, what is predictable, what feels comfortable to you. Because you're scared you might taste something you don't like. And this is in regards to everything. Nations, cultures, ideas, music, views, people. Let's talk music for a second. 
This funeral service for George Floyd was moving on any number of levels, and I was inspired in any number of levels. But the music there, that was something. And I remember listening to the musicians sing and worship, thinking, oh man, I should apologize to my church. <laughs> Our music can sound pretty white at times. <laughs> If your world is chicken fingers life with culture and nations and ideas and music and views and people where everything kind of feels predictable and same and safe, you are missing out on the big world that is out there. You're missing out on diversity. Let's look back at that scripture. Heaven is not going to be just like you. It's going to be everyone. Thank goodness. It's going to be lots of people that you were mad at on Facebook this week, you're going to be standing in heaven, you're going to be looking at each other like, oh, this is awkward, right? Everyone, through Jesus Christ, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, is going to be in heaven. It is going to be colorful and diverse and wonderful. And when we get there, we're going to be embarrassed by all the ways we allowed us to be divided. By all the things that we put of such importance in our life that it caused us to live in disunity with other people that God has created. All those areas of our life that we cause disunity and dissension and inequality to creep in. All those times where we've said, yeah, I am all for equality as long as they don't do this. All of those things, we are going to be embarrassed because we're going to be standing before our God with a diverse multitude of people. And we're going to lay those things down and repent before the Lord. All those viewpoints we held so dear, all the idols we have in our lives which caused us to justify inequality, we will one day at the feet of Jesus repent of all of those because heaven is where all things are made right, the way God intended. So why not bring this about now? We need to listen more than we speak. Now, I've had a couple comments over the past few weeks saying, sounds like you're, you're speaking to one group more than the other, and I'm not speaking to any groups, but here's the, here's the cold hard truth about Homestead Church. I'm the pastor of Homestead Church, so I'm speaking to Homestead Church. Homestead Church is pretty white, right? So this is just, to our detriment, it is pretty white. We're a chicken nuggets and fries church. <laughs> I want to be a heaven church. Amen? I want to be a heaven church. We have diversity in our church, which I love. Political diversity. I love that we got, I love that I can say something and get people on both sides of the aisle mad at me. That's great. I love the diversity of thought. I love that we have diversity of viewpoint. We have diver we do a great job in generational diversity. We want the generations to rub shoulders with one another because we think that there is nothing better for a young person in our church to walk alongside with an older, wiser, seasoned veteran of the faith where they can pour into them and say, here's what I have learned over the years. There is value in that. And so I also want to see a heaven church of color in our congregation where we can walk alongside people of different histories, nations, backgrounds, viewpoints, cultures, stories, so that we can say, I am learning because I am rubbing shoulders with you. We're arm in arm when we're allowed to be arm in arm without face masks on, that we are walking arm in arm together, learning from each other, becoming more like heaven. 
I want a heaven church. So I want us to be mindful of that, to work on that. I don't know how we're going to do it. If you are a person of color and you're watching this, we'd love for you to come to our church. We want to be a heaven church. A heaven church means not everyone is going to be just like me. Think like me. Look like me. Act like me. Thank goodness. Imagine a church with people just like me. Jeff Kerr. Imagine that. Church of people just like me. White, male, middle-aged, thinning hair. No diversity of anything. It's all. It would all just be khaki pants and mashed potatoes and Celine Dion records. That's all fine, but that gets boring pretty quick. Can you imagine if we got to heaven one day and everyone was exactly like me? That sounds, that sounds terrible, right? I'm fine and all, but that sounds terrible. And you know who would be the first to say that? My wife, Christy. She would look around and in heaven, if everyone was like me, she would say, I think this ain't heaven, right? If we had all the same viewpoints, people talked like me and thought like me and had the same views and preferences, that would be awful. That would be boring. There would be no diversity there. The body of Christ is beautifully diverse. It is a diversity of gifts and personalities and strengths and views and age and gender and culture and wealth and race. I do not understand why experiencing that diversity is anything other than just a huge benefit to you and me. It's beneficial. It brings life to your world. Perspective and wisdom and understanding to your world. That's how we're going to be more like heaven. To do this, we're going to need to listen more. We're going to speak less and listen more. To do this, we need to stop judging people on first impressions. To do this, we've got to stop putting people in buckets, into categories. Oh, you said this, therefore you belong in this category. There's more than two categories. There's more than the red bucket and the blue bucket the black bucket and the white bucket. It is beautifully diverse, all sorts of shades and colors. We've got to stop putting people in boxes. Learn, listen, grow. And we need to expand our world. Expand your world. Travel. Experience a different culture. Meet new people from different cultures. Go to a buffet and try something crazy. I don't know, expand your world grow. This is a beautiful thing. This is a godly heaven thing. And this is a beneficial thing to you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, whoever is listening to this, whatever background, color, nationality, gender, race, whatever it is, we all bow before you, acknowledge you are our King and our Lord. Forgive us for times where we judge people, we make assumptions about people, we don't listen to people. We want to be about the things of heaven. And the things of heaven are beautifully diverse. Help us to change the lens through which we view this topic. This is not a political thing. This is a heaven thing. Help us grow in that. I repent of ways that I have allowed opinions and biases and all these things. I lay them before you. I ask that you would help me learn to listen to grow, to become more like you. I pray for our city and our nation. I pray that you would supernaturally just 
propel the work of justice and equality and diversity. We want to see heaven come to earth, and we want to take part in it. We want to be a part. So, Lord, use us however you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.